Welcome into the Fantasy Football Playmakers Podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Poplars. You can find me on Twitter at PopesFFH. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Ryan Mackey, who you can find on Twitter at Mackey underscore FFB. Ryan, I see you've joined the Hat Club. Yeah, I uh, got a little, uh, little bit of a uh, work head right now, so I my, my hair is kind of crazy, so I figured I'd throw on a hat and be a little more comfortable with myself on on live here. On the Twitter sphere? Yeah. Yeah. With millions of people watching. Millions. Just billions and trillions. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ryan, week one is over. Not only did the Bills lose, they did. but I managed to lose more than half of my fantasy football leagues. I blame the Atlanta Falcons and Josh Allen. Um, I rest my case. Yeah, what what happened? What, <laughs> week one was uh, the weirdest. I think it was the weirdest week one I've ever seen in terms of fantasy. Maybe it's just because I had more leagues and I just paid more attention to everything this year. But I, this was a weird week one. Oh, it was know. terrible. Like, it really was. Like, I mean, how many of your studs, quote-unquote, tanked you know what i mean you saw zeke score less than seven points derrick henry scored less than 11 i mean these guys finished as like rb 30 35 40 like (laughs) i lost the league by 15 points because terry mclaurin and of terry mclaurin and calvin ridley putting up basically duds in their standards anyways like for flex yeah 10 points is fine ppr but for guys that you drafted in the third, fourth, fifth round? No, it's not. Yeah, you're drafting Calvin Ridley in the third round. You're expecting him 20, 30 points every week, which has kind of come to his standard. And the Falcons just like, oh, I mean, he had I think he had three catches in the first drive and then just disappeared. Russell Gage was a was a goose egg. Uh, yep, had him starting in a bunch of leagues. Yeah, goose egg. Yeah, rough, rough, rough league, but. I will use this time for anybody who is actually listening that you need to diversify your leagues if you're going to play in a lot because when you have a basically every team has J.K. Dobbins, every team has Gus Edwards, every team has Josh Allen, and every team has Calvin Ridley, you start your season 0-1. So, Fair point. <laughs> try to diversify. I know you like your guys. You got to go get your guys, but a little diversity never hurt especially if you're in, say, 10-plus leagues like some of us degenerates. But, Ryan, before we get too deep into this episode, why don't you hit them with the uh, with the goods? As always, today's episode is brought to you by King Fantasy Sports. Go check out the King Sports Draft Kit and get the advantage over the rest of your league this season. Be sure you're doing the right preparation and start your season off right. You get everything from rankings, breakouts and values, to busts and sleepers. Does your league have some funky settings? Learn how to make your own projections as well. Stop sitting on the sidelines and buy this draft kit today. You guys, only $8.99. If you use our promo code PLAYMAKERS, you'll save an additional 10% off and get everything you'll need to not just compete but dominate your leagues this season. Nice. Well said. What if they predicted all of the mayhem that took place in week one? I feel like not not too many people did. Um, I mean – Raheem Mostert was a great pick until he got hurt. I mean, Elijah Mitchell showed you. uh, Jermichael Hasty showed you. um, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards would have been great picks. Tyson Williams showed us that. You know what I mean? Like, 
some of the people that you thought would have good performances did. You lost them to maybe injury. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick went down. I mean, you have guys that, for example, Raheem Moser, who we'll start with on the injury report, who's out for the season, two carries, and unfortunately lives up to his hype of the injury prone. He's out for the season with a knee injury. So we got to see Eli or uh, Elijah Mitchell and Jamichael Hasty again. Um, Trey Sermon looks like he's in the doghouse. So <clears throat> I think the biggest thing for me is it's I like I think it's Elijah Mitchell and then Jamichael Hasty and Sermon. Obviously, all three will be active now without Mostert in there. Um, I don't know about you, Ryan, but I'm definitely in on Elijah Mitchell. I believe. I think he just fits their system a little better. Um, I know the draft capital kind of makes it seem like it should be Mo or Sermon, but if you take any stock of what Kyle Shanahan said, Sermon seems to be the odd man out there. How about you? Yeah, I, I kind of have to agree. I'm just – we've seen this before where a starter goes down and a backup comes in and plays that same game and has a really big week, and then for some unknown reason they bring the guy that was an active – up and actually starts him and I know Shanahan saying that it's going to be Elijah Mitchell and it seems like Sermon just hasn't really been the guy in the offseason and Shanahan said that he just was basically jumped by Jamichael Hasey and Elijah Mitchell throughout the offseason and through preseason so I mean it kind of has to be Elijah Mitchell if you, if you take any stock in what a coach says but it is kind of weird that Sermon was such a high draft pick for them, and it seemed to be he would do well in that offense, and now he's just kind of – he's kind of dead right now in terms of redraft anyways. Yeah, I wasn't the, a huge Sermon guy. Um, I wasn't a huge Elijah Mitchell guy. But my, my take and my knock on Elijah Mitchell was the tape that you saw from him. He looked slow. He looked kind of sluggish or nonsense in the game film. But then when you come to find out – through the draft process that he really cut down. Like he was a lot heavier. He wasn't as in shape at Louisiana when you were watching that tape. And then he came out and he ran that crazy 40 time and you can see it. You saw it on Sunday. Like he has that burst. He has that almost Kyle Shanahan running back style. So that's where I am. I think that's just what built him and honestly propelled him ahead of Trey Sermon. I never got the Trey Sermon fit. Um, I also wasn't super high on Sermon. I just don't think that that's a great fit for him in San Francisco. I could be wrong, um, but it seems like early on it might be that that fit just doesn't really work for them. If you have him in a redraft league, are you dropping him? Sermon? Yeah. No, I mean, you got you to gotta play it out. I mean, I'm not ready to give up on him. I think would that you, – Would you put your waiver claim in for him and drop Sermon? Like, would you put your waiver claim in for Elijah Mitchell and drop Sermon in the process? No. I would find someone else. I mean, your rosters usually aren't deep enough. Um, Sermon might have to be that guy. The struggle is I feel like someone would smartly at least pick up Sermon. You know what I mean? It's going to be a rotation at some point. So, yeah, I just – I'm still not ready to quit on Sermon this season. I just feel like – we're going to have to see. I mean, you'll see next week to an extent of how much he's involved, if he's active, if he's not. But we've shown – he's Kyle Shannon's shown too that. I mean, he sat Brandon Ayuk basically. So, I mean, he doesn't really care. He's got guys who step up and make plays, and especially running back. If It's proven that if you're not going to do what he wants you to do and be reliable for him, there's a guy stepping up waiting for it. Because Jermichael Hasty isn't that bad either. So, 
No, Jermichael's been super effective when he's well, yeah. not super effective, but he's been effective when he's gotten touches and seen the field. So another sad, 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 tragic Sunday. Uh, Fitz Magic is gone. Hip injury looks like he's going to be gone for a while. Um, Taylor Heineke steps in. I think for me, Heineke, I mean, doesn't do much for me. Um, but the problem that I have is do we or do we not have to limit our thoughts on Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas? Um, does the offense not run as efficiently? You know what I mean, Ryan? Like, yeah. just quick, you know, we don't have to get crazy into it, but I just feel like. Heineke starting over Fitzpatrick, I feel less excited about Terry McLaurin now. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Terry McLaurin's going to be a top 15 guy. He's not going to get top 12 just based on he kind of has a quarterback he's always had now again. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. So, Heineke did play well in the playoffs last year with Brady, against Brady and the Bucks, which was a tough defense for them. Came in was effective uh, Sunday, went 11 for, 11 for 15. So, the thing is that he's just more of a dual threat type of quarterback as opposed to Fitzpatrick, who's more the gunslinging, just kind of risk it, risk it to get the biscuit type of quarterback. And Heineke seems to be the opposite for the most part. Uh, but I'm not too worried about their studs. I feel like McLaurin's still going to be a top wide receiver. I'm not, maybe, maybe you're right about not finishing as a wide receiver one this season now, just because we know Fitz likes to lock onto his top target and McLaurin likely would have been that throughout the year. But in terms of like Gibson, I'm not really worried about him because he's just so good and so talented. We didn't see JD McKissick all that much like we thought we would let uh, on Sunday. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm downgrading both of them a little bit, but Gibson, not so much. Hmm. See, I got to feel McKissick might get a little bump. I think that the offense is going to be a little bit different. I think the running backs might see a little bit more pass or, well, more receiving options from Heineke than he, they would Fitzpatrick. You know what I mean? I feel like Heineke's going to take that short shot. He showed it last year at times where Fitzpatrick's just going to sling it. So you don't think could be a little bump in the receiving category for running backs. You don't think Logan Tom, Thomas gets a bump up then? I just – I mean, maybe – but like, I just don't feel as great about the offense. Do you know what I mean? I feel like they're just back to what they were, and I'm not like super excited. And I had Logan Thomas pretty high. I still thought Thomas was going to be a good option. I I still don't think they have a wide receiver too. I mean, Diami Brown's okay, but he's still a rookie. It's going to take a little bit of time. Curtis Samuel's hurt. I mean, Adam Humphreys is their imprompt wide receiver too. So, so it's Logan Thomas. You know what I mean? He's still kind of got that Darren Waller feel where he's going to have that wide receiver type volume. So another injury, Thursday night injury, Michael Gallup went to IR. Any stock here? Are we we trying to get Cedric Wilson, anything like that? Or do we think it's just going to be a CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper show? Uh, Maybe a little bit more Blake Jarwin, I think, hopefully. Yeah, I think the tight ends probably see a little bit more work. Uh, Cedric Wilson's a nice player, though. I, I did like what I saw from him throughout the game on Thursday. I think he could be kind of a sneaky ad. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like with the waiver wire stuff, like he could be a sleeper ad this week. He could go under the radar. He's going to clear waivers, I think. I think I don't think very many people are going to put too many waiver claims in for him, and he might be one of those guys that if you miss out on some of the guys we're going to talk about later, then he could be a guy that you can get for free 
once the waiver is clear and he might, he might be in a different, I mean, if one more guy goes down, I mean, he's a wide receiver too in Dallas and that's going to be a high volume throwing offense. So might be worth it. If you had the roster spot, maybe you have Judy and put him on IR and miss out on all these guys that we're going to talk about. And it might be somebody that you look to add, just add a little bit of wide receiver depth. And if he becomes something due to an injury or something, then there you go. Good impromptu uh, lead into our next one, which is Jerry Judy sent to the IR. I think he's expected to miss what eight weeks, most of the fantasy season. Uh, It's great. It's not broken. So we should see him at some point again this season, but definitely disappointing. I definitely had him pegged as a nice breakout candidate this year. And he was showing it early in that game. He was the wide receiver one in that game. I mean, he was all over the place. So terrible to see, um, I don't know. I mean, it definitely put some stock into some of those receivers. I just, I don't know. I feel like maybe hopefully the running backs get a little bump. They might have to run a little more now. So we'll have to see. Uh, Detroit lost Jeff Akuda to the IR. I believe it was a Achilles injury. I think this is a big thing to monitor as if your team is playing Detroit. Was it already bad defense of favorable matchups for fantasy players? It's just gotten even better, especially at the wide receiver position. Um, so just a little impromptu note there. Another corner goes down with LaShawn Lattimore had surgery this week. Um, he's week to week. So this week there might be a bump for anybody playing new Orleans a little bit there. Um, might not be as tough of a matchup as usual. Okay. Becton went to the IR, which is terrible for the jets offensive line. I think that's a team that kind of disappointed this week. Um, I think we expected a little bit more out of them. I know it's the jets and that's, Hard to get used to hearing, but I expected a little bit more out of the Jets this week. So with the Specton loss could be really crucial for that run game. Um, definitely makes things a little bit more interesting for Zach Wilson this year. And then some good news kind of on the injury front. Rashad Penny's calf looks to be a minor injury currently. Um, I know a lot of people were mentioning possibly rushing out for Alex Collins or DJ Dallas. Um I definitely wouldn't overspend on those guys, seeing as in Penny's injury doesn't look to be too serious currently. So if you want to toss a couple dollars of fab in there, or if you're a late waiver guy, maybe toss an option out there. But I think Rashad Penny should be fine. So at least that's what the, the reports say so far. All right, Ryan. I don't have any starts at hit misses because I just didn't want to go over it because it was bad. Um as you guys heard with my fantasy record in week one, it wasn't my week. So, and then the Bills lost. Like, really? Come on, guys. You know, Josh Allen looked like Josh Allen pre-contract. It was, it was rough. Either way, Ryan, you have some notes on your hits, on your start sits. So, hit us. I did not have a strong week one. <laughs> but I didn't. we didn't talk about all the guys that were – starting sits for us. Uh, I feel like we had a lot of, a lot more questions than we were expecting and just going through, uh, going through the live and kind of listening in things like that ended up being 15 and 17 and two. So I had 15 guys hit that I said, were either good that you should start or sit. And then I had two sleeper uh, positional people that I had hit and then two that finished right around where they're supposed to be uh, being uh, Joe Burrow and Carson Wentz. They're both ranked that middle, middle of the pack. They both finished 18 and 19 back to back. So 
not a good start. Not a good start, but it, it was an odd week one. Games that are supposed to be shootouts weren't. Eagles and Falcons game. Looking at you, uh, games that should have been low scoring or could have been low scoring were much higher scoring than like, that we thought. Like the Lions and 49ers, that became a much more high scoring game than people probably thought. The over for the over under was only like 48 for that game or something like that. It ended up getting to almost 70, I think, even more than that possibly. I was completely out on Jared Goff and. <laughs> He proved me wrong week one there. I think that was kind of like a just a fluke thing. I mean, that team was – they made an amazing comeback with a couple minutes left. I mean, they were making plays and onside kicks and turnovers that you'll never see again. It was just kind of like a fluke game there. Yeah, I mean, they were down 28 with like, what, four minutes left or something? Yeah, like that. it was crazy. But – yeah, I mean, I know Sam Darnold did pretty well. I had him as one of my starts. James Robinson I missed on. I did not expect them to be handing the ball to Carlos Hyde so much. So, I mean, I expected some type of a split, but I did not think that they would diminish James Robinson that badly. Um, I know there was that. I can't even – I know I know we mentioned Devontae Smith as kind of a start kind of type possible guy. He kind of hit, I think. So 19.1, which is, which is crazy. That was 19.1 was wide receiver 19. Yeah. There was a lot of high wide receivers. Yeah. And then it was crazy because running backs, there wasn't, there was only, I think four in the twenties. Yeah. Cause I mean, Montgomery was eight at 18. Where is it? I got it right here. Yeah. So yeah, Montgomery was eight at 18. So there were seven in the twenties. And they were pretty interesting. Jamal Williams was RB2. Kind of out of absolutely nowhere. <laughs> Especially against the 49ers defense. Kind of seemed weird to me. Mixon, it was nice to see fresh air there. Uh, Chubb is expected. Melvin Gordon, I think, was a nice surprise. He's RB6, mainly because that big touchdown run. But Yeah, that 70-yard touchdown run, definitely. If he, yeah. if he doesn't have that, he only averages three yards a carry, and he's basically dead. So, yeah, I mean, Javante Williams out touched him in week one. It just happened yeah. to be that he popped off on that big run. Yep. I mean, yeah, and your bigger, some of your bigger names, you know, Camaro was 10, Taylor was 11, Sanders did pretty well. I mean, then, like we had mentioned, Henry was buried, Zeke was buried, uh, CEH kind of didn't have as great of a game as I would have thought he would have. Austin Eckler did, I mean, he was all right. I mean, 11 points. Didn't even catch a reception. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, but. It was weird, man. We, like, we hit we hit on the majority of our sits for – these. I hit personally on the wide receiver sits. Like A-Rob, 9.5. Callaway was wide receiver 105. Corlin Sutton was wide receiver 105. Or Tyler Warner was wide receiver 105. Galladay was wide receiver 54. I mean – the running backs are what killed my sits, to be honest with you. David Montgomery, Jacobs, Edmonds, Gordon all had all were top twenty options for the week. I mean, David Montgomery, Jesus. <laughs> and like, Josh Jacobs doesn't do if he doesn't score those two touchdowns, he's useless in that game too. But I mean he he scored them anyway, so you can't really you can't sit there and say, Well, if he wouldn't have scored those two touchdowns, he finishes as the R B ninety seven because he scored those two touchdowns. So I can't really <laughs> it's, it's gotta be a miss. Right. All right. You found really anything else you found really surprising? I think Mike Williams seems like uh, all the coach speaks for real. He might be here finally. Uh, I mean, he went 
12 targets, eight receptions, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Um, I mean, he was only one target off of Keenan Allen. And this Washington football team is not a joke as far as the defensive side of the ball goes. So I was surprised. You know I mean? I was, I was ready to d- dismiss all the talk about Mike Williams. We've heard it for years now. So definitely was a surprise to me. It was a nice, it was a brush fret there. Hopefully that he gets that again next week and kind of continues. Um, I'd like to see it. I think Mike Williams is a super talented guy. So do you think, uh, do you think this is more about the Chargers offense or the Washington defense? I think the offense, I think that Chargers offense is scary. I think that they're going to be pretty good. I think you'll have a lot of fantasy options there between Mike Williams, Jared Cook, uh, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, possibly even Larry Roundtree. seems like he got a good run. So obviously Justin Herbert, I think all those guys are going to be up near the upper echelon of each positional group. Yeah. For me, it was, for me, it was Jameis Winston. Like what he did against that Packers defense that's supposed to be really good. They have a lockdown corner and Jair Alexander. I mean, he did his job. He did do his job against Callaway, but Who? overall, he guarded Marquez Callaway, right? Who? Or was, or was he just on the bench? I don't know. Oh, I thought he didn't start. Might not have played My fantasy team said he didn't start. They might, might have just gave him two points just, to, <laughs> just for breathing today. But yeah, James Winston was impressive 14 to 20. He only had 148 yards, but five touchdowns and no picks. Well, when it, when they when you go for it on like fourth and seven from your own twenty yard line, I mean, how many yards can he throw for? <laughs> Why not? You know, I mean, ah, you know, the Packers are the Packers. He was he was a QB four, like I said, super efficient. Didn't have any turnovers. Didn't didn't even get sacked in that game. And it's, yeah, it was crazy. It's going to be really interesting to see if he can stay stay on his feet and not turn the ball over often, like he like we saw a few years ago. But I, I really do think that that 30 inter- interception season was just an anomaly for him from the beginning. He'd only averaged like 15 picks the previous four seasons prior to that. And that's that's just what we kind of expect from Jameis. He's a guy that takes risks and trusts his arm a little bit too much. And obviously he's made some bad decisions as well. But in this offense, he was – I mean, it's off to a great start, especially for playing with the unproven weapons that he has right now. He doesn't, even, he doesn't have Michael Thomas, and he goes for five touchdowns and no picks. and. I have a, uh, a a slight theory that I haven't fully proved yet, but I, I think it's Bruce Arians' offense. I think that's why he threw 30 picks. think so? Tom Brady threw a career high last year. Do you think he's just telling people to just bombs away and take more risks? And... I mean, they got to be. I mean, Tom Brady threw 14 interceptions, so it's like a career high, I think. It might be one off of it, but I might I know be wrong. close. Yeah, it's really close. <laughs> So I'm just saying it, it. It's a it's a slight theory that I haven't really looked into. So nobody like hold me hard to that. But there's, like, there probably is a subreddit somewhere that says that. Yeah, or they're just talking crap about me right now somewhere on subreddit. <laughs> this guy's retarded. <laughs> Why is he saying that? That's stupid. Either way, uh, me. We kind of touched on it earlier. The Atlanta Falcons offense. I mean. <laughs> 19 first downs, 260 total yards, only 136 passing yards. I think they were 3-14 and 14 on third downs. Um, definitely didn't see that coming. Um, I expected them to run as much as they did. That was kind of what I thought. But 
I mean, 136 passing yards. I think they had like 50 on their first series. So one of two things, either they're just really that bad or Philadelphia's defense is that good. So either way, as a fantasy owner of a lot of Calvin Ridley, I'm extremely scared. Um, for a guy that I thought could possibly be wide receiver one this year, might not crack the top 12 with this type of volume. So I mean, he's he's got that ability, but... Oh, I mean, he does, but it, this I mean, if you're if the offense is throwing for 136 yards against a defense that's middle of the pack, you know what I mean? Like they're good, but they're not great. Not 136 yard passing great. So I don't know, just a little scared. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. I I got a couple of shares of Calvin Ridley. I don't have any. I have one share of Kyle Pitts, but I actually didn't start him. Uh, and it, it, yeah, it was just surprising. Like I said, that like I said on the show on Sunday, it, that game I'm pretty sure had the highest over under of the week, even higher than the Cleveland Kansas City game. And I mean, Philly just did, did what they wanted basically for the most part. And it was just really surprising to see that coming from what Atlanta's his, historically been the last handful of seasons with Matt Ryan. And... Fair, very fair. But uh, so talk about surprising. You already you already touched on it, but the Detroit Lions, who we thought would have a terrible time trying to move the football, they had two top four running back finishes this week in PPR. <laughs> two top four running back finishes this weekend. I mean, Jamal Williams takes nine carries, fifty-four yards on a touchdown, gets nine targets, catches eight for fifty-six. And then Swift gets 11 carries, 39 yards, catches 8 of 11 for 65 and a touchdown. And we knew that the receivers were essentially non-existent for Detroit. I mean, they have very little playmakers at that position, but total or 40 total opportunities for running backs is an insane amount of usage. And if that stays the same all year, Jamal Williams has got to be up there in terms of better drafted values, right? Like he can't – he was going – the super late rounds in any any format in, in dynasty i mean he was going in what the 15th 16th round in redraft he might have even been going undrafted he might even be on some people's waivers if you're in a shallow enough league so i mean if that volume is going to keep up and they're just going to get 40 touches a game i mean that's or 40 opportunities a game i mean that's just crazy it's i just couldn't when i looked that up i i saw that and i was like wow like that is that, that's incredible to have two top four running backs on the same team and have them get basically 20 touches each, which I actually think against the 49ers against the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. Williams had, I think it's going to be something you're going to see. I think they're both going to get some run. This team doesn't have wide receivers. It's kind of proven. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I got TJ Hawkinson. And after that, it's a bunch of kind of guys that are well-traveled, um, or young guys that just haven't proven themselves yet. So I agree. I think you could see like a like a Cleveland style. You know what I mean? You get a Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams. You know what I mean? You could see a lot of run from both these guys this year. I don't know if you're going to see them finish both top four, but every week. Um, but I definitely see, I mean, Jamal Williams might have been a guy that we all slept on. I think he might get used a lot more than we think. And he might be worth maybe some 
it's tough because everybody's going to see him finishing RB2 this week, but maybe hope next week he kind of gets a little bit less work and maybe you can get some trade offers out there if you're a running back needy team. Um, I just think that he's going to kind of be an RB3 range possibly at that, at least with what he performed in week one. So, yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, for me too, another surprise is Gronk. Um, obviously, I, I thought he was their lead tight end. I mean, I wasn't crazy, but I mean, finishing week one is tight end one. Didn't see that coming. Um, I was on the show before Thursday night with uh, taking it to the Hizzy show, and I they laughed at me when I told them, yeah, I kind of like Gronk tonight. I just think that he might possibly get a touchdown. I mean, I think he might have some viability this week. I think it just might happen. Meanwhile, then he goes out and says, one, how about two, baby? And just <laughs> tight end one. I mean, I, I got a quick question. No, no deepness, Ryan, but can he get to tight end four this year? Could he think he could do it? Maybe no. he can return no. top five. No, too many weapons. I think Hawkinson probably gets that too many weapons. They just got rid of Mike Evans. That's all I said. Mike, we got Gronk. We don't need Mike Evans no more. <laughs> I that's mean, Brady does love Gronk, man. He he loves Gronk. So hey, he doesn't care. He's like, yo, Chris Godwin's healthy. I got AB. I got Gronk. Who's Mike Williams? Who? The, Scotty Miller. Who? That's the thing, though, is that he does. They did exactly what he's been, what Aaron Rodgers wants the Packers to do. Like he, they're bringing guys in that he trusts that he really likes, and I mean, he clearly targets them. We saw what AB and Gronk both did, and. I mean, it's. How about Danny Amendola? I just thought of this. Danny Amendola. I know. I was, I was watching that like, game. He was like, a, he scored like 15 points this week, I think, in PPR. Yeah, he. Well, I was watching the games on Red Zone. I was just watching the Bills game on my phone, and I had Red Zone up on my TV. And that game came across, and it was like, Tyrod hits Danny Amendola for the touchdown. I was like, Danny, what? Wait, right. What year is this that Danny Amendola is scoring a touchdown? And but that game was just—I don't even want to talk about that game. That game was just unreal. We—I did, did not see. We'll talk game. about it at the end. Don't worry. Yeah, but waiver ads, Ryan. What? Waiver ads, or nope? You got one more surprise person. I do bad. got one more surprise. You, we do have to talk about this guy. So go ahead. And. It's, I mean, it's got to be Debo Samuel, right? Like, you, I don't think anybody saw that coming, especially with Ayuk being essentially absent, basically doing absolutely Which nothing. Nobody, nobody saw. saw Ayuk not playing hardly anything, not seeing a target. I don't think he only saw a handful of snaps, if any. And Debo finishes a wide receiver three, saw 12 targets, 189 yards. Scored that 79-yard touchdown, and he saw a 48% target share, which is just insane, especially with Kittle playing and being in the lineup. Usually that offense runs through the run game and through Kittle, and then everybody else just kind of gets what's left. But, I mean, Debo's target share is obviously unsustainable. He's not going to see a 40% target share for the whole year. But, I mean, he was he was impressive. I, I think they – he showed that they can they can live without Ayuk in the lineup. I don't think they're going to take him out of the lineup completely forever. But uh, the fact that now they kind of have some leverage on Ayuk, like, hey, if you don't get your stuff together, like, we'll just run without you. Like, that's just how we'll, how we'll do it. And if you don't like it, then 
Jonas is hit and he won't be playing football this year. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm far from right. I think the fantasy football record of, you know, eight and 16 kind of says that, but I will say that I was very worried about Brandon Ayuk, and I've been saying it since day one of the off season that I don't believe all three of these guys can sustain in this offense. I think there's too many running backs, too much of a Kyle Shanahan usage of the running backs. I know he's had better passing teams in the past, but until Jimmy Garoppolo is not the quarterback, there's no way that all three of these guys can be fantasy viable to what they want that to be. I mean, maybe, okay, we saw top 12 finish from Debo Samuel, but like you said, it was a 48% target share. That's not going to happen. If he had a 15% target share, he probably would have been wide receiver 20. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk probably would have been wide receiver 20 with the other 15. And Kittle probably would have been tight end four with the other 10. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, I mean, if Kittle one guy's the feature, I get it. You see what you can have, but that's not going to happen. Like you said, you know what I mean? Like that's an unsustainable target share unless you're the Detroit Lions because they yeah, only I mean, have one person. And Kittle averaged 20 yards a catch. It wasn't like he was just seeing dunk, like dump offs and stuff. Like he, he averaged 20 yards a catch. So he's going to get his, he's going to see his, he still finishes a tight end nine. Obviously people were expecting him to be a top three option at the position, but if like nobody should be worried about Kittle, you're probably still going to see wide receiver two numbers from Samuel for the rest of the year, as long as he stays healthy. And Ayuk, like you said, there's no, I don't think there's a way for them to be as effective as they are on the ground, have Debo finish as a wide receiver two, Ayuk finish as a wide receiver two, and Kittle finish as a top three tight end. Like, I don't think that's sustainable, regardless of who's a quarterback. Like, and that's the, and the argument that everybody's made, which is kind of valid, is you know what I mean? Like when they want to defend this, is that Debo's not going to be healthy. I can agree. Ayuk's also shown that he can't stay healthy. Kittle's also shown that he can't stay healthy. So well, the likelihood of all three of them always being on the field is slim. But I just think that where Ayuk was being taken at like wide receiver 17 and like dynasty, even I think redraft, he was pretty high. He was getting drafted at his ceiling. He's not going to outproduce wide receiver 17 on the season. That's my personal opinion. I don't think Debo's going to. You're not going to see Debo redo what he did this week, probably the rest of the season. He might have like a 20 point game. You know what I mean? But like, I just feel like he's not going to. He's not going to be wide receiver three again. No, this was his ceiling. I think personally, I could be wrong, but I just don't. I don't know. I'm more worried about Ayuk. I like Debo Samuel. I always have. I just it, the injuries just kill you. You know. Yeah, it was just just a few things that were that were just crazy to me that I wanted to talk to you about. Get your opinion on. Yeah. Uh, no. Love to, love to have a football back. Been. We're already on to week two, which of course means we got waiver wire ads to talk about. Uh, is there any anyone that you're targeting here? Give me give me two or three guys you're looking to add after this week. Well, just like everybody else, Elijah Mitchell. I mean, we talked about it earlier. Kid went 19 carries, 104 yards, one touchdown. I believe he fits the Shanahan system a lot better than, say, Trey Sermon. Um, I think he's at least going to be a 1A um, if Sermon even is used. He'll still be like kind of like the 1B. Um, so I think there's still volume there for Mitchell. Um, not in every waiver wire will he be there. A lot of people are already kind of on to Elijah Mitchell. Um, he kind of had some hype coming out of camp and everything like that. 
But if he's there, I'm definitely putting a decent amount of fab on him. But also look for Jermichael Hasty. Um, I'm going to give you a twofer here with my first one because Hasty's going to go a lot cheaper right now, and he's just as viable. He scored a touchdown in that game too. So um, I'm hoping, you know what I mean? Say you're going to put 20 bucks on Mitchell, you can probably get away with like two or three on Hasty and possibly still win it. And it might be a guy that's at least viable if Sermon's not the second option. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm in on that. I like it. That's my top personally. I mean, I've seen people saying that they're willing to spend their entire fab on Elijah Mitchell after this week. Too much to Ernest Johnson for me. And even though I I hear I hear that to an extent, this is after week one. He could get hurt tomorrow after you get your waiver claim in, and now your fab is gone for the rest of the year he can't anybody else i would i i understand why people are doing it because he's in that offense he showed he what he can do i think it's also like running back injuries you know what i mean like you're alluded to that he could get hurt but like there's so many top running backs or like somewhat the top running backs that like went down you know what i mean you got oh, yeah, acres no, down like dobbins down so a lot of teams are running back needy already and you're see, you're seeing these guys get picked up and now, like, Elijah Mitchell is, like, your last shot, it seems like, for a lot of people, if, you know? Yeah, but I feel like if you're going to spend all of your fab, like, I want it to be on just on somebody that's not in a running back by committee. Like, I feel like if you're going to do that, you're going to go after somebody like James Robinson was last year. Like, once James Robinson got that job, you knew who wasn't going to let go of it. With, yeah, I feel like that's what I think everybody thinks here, you know? Like, with what with – what, um Shanahan said about Sermon everybody's like okay well Sermon's out and now it's like we've seen Hasty before he couldn't hold the job so if if Elijah Mitchell can be James Robinson I want in on it you know what I mean oh, so yeah. I, like I said I hear that I would just I would just say maybe fire not, beware don't spend all of all of your fab on it. like save yeah. give yourself a little bit of leeway and if somebody else did you for him then it's real tough because, like, yeah. I'm in a couple, like, a home league that I need a running back to an extent. And I um, just, like, I'm torn. I have 200 left. I haven't used any of my fab. Um, so it was, like, 100 off season plus the 100 in season. We kind of make the whole season 200. And so I'm, like, sitting there thinking, like, how much do I really put? You know what I mean? Like, am I ready to? My team's a contender. I'm deep at wide receiver. Like I'm pretty deep at running back, but I lost Dobbins, so it's kind of like, uh, you know what I mean? It, it's not even that. It's just kind of like if he does hit, like I don't want one of my league mates to have him. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm just kind of like, I I don't see myself using the Fab the less, rest of the year. So it's kind of like, because I never tend to too much, because like the di- I'm in mostly dynasty leagues, so like the waiver wire is pretty bleak. Yeah. So. Like I hardly use my whole fab, so I'm just kind of like, do I just do it and just like go all in? Because like I, I I might be the only one with 200, so it's like I could guarantee getting them. But then, like you said, like you can't add anybody the rest of the year. That's what I mean, like, what if you get a quarterback that goes down, or it's one QB, so I'm good there. But I guess you, uh, we do do zero bids, I think. So I should have rephrased that. So I could possibly get somebody as like a zero or a free ad on the day, but. I'm just, I would, me personally, I haven't been in too many leagues that do fab. So it makes it complicated. I'm kind of, I'm kind of new to that. 
but just in the leagues that I'm in now that do run fab, I I put I think half of my fab down on the bids for him. And if I get beat out, I get beat out, and I guess I'll just miss out on him. But that's just where that's just how I'm taking the approach to him. That's fair. Apparently, someone likes your hat, Ryan. And up. Fantastic. If you don't listen to him, you should. All right. Well, yes, for everybody. I'm just going to be quiet because I'm not going to say what I was going to say. What? I don't know who that is. I'm going to log off. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Peace. Wow. So you wouldn't, even, you wouldn't even care. You just sit here and talk to yourself for the next 15 <laughs> Yep. I'll come up with something. <laughs> I'll like bring a cardboard cutout over here and I'll be like, yeah, what's up? Oh, there you go. Maybe you can get a cutout. Cardboard cut out of Josh Allen and send him next to you and talk, tell him how I really feel. Yeah, I could. I could stride to his house. <laughs> I don't exactly know where it is, but I'm sure I can find it eventually. Might not be the only one there. <laughs> right. All right, Ryan, hit me with your top one. We'll go back and forth quick. See so how many I we knew, can get in. I knew Elijah Mitchell would be number one, so I wasn't going to talk about him. He's going to be talked about everywhere. Lame. Uh, my, well, you added him anyways, and you talked about him, so I mean, you might as well. Yeah, I tried to keep mine different than yours, so. So, number he's not even number one. This is just the first guy that I thought of was Tim Patrick. I like it. Wide receiver from Denver. Last year was Sutton out. Really solid year. 51 catches, 742 yards, six touchdowns. KJ Hammer is going to play a role. He's probably going to line up on the – he's probably going to line up in the slot now. Tim Patrick's probably going to go on the outside. But uh, Patrick showed us last year he's really solid receiver. And in that game last week – uh, Tim Patrick saw a 70% snap share to Hamler's 36%, and they get the Jags this week, who were just dismantled by the Texans in week one. So if you're in need of a flex option, I think he's a good ad, especially if you're in a 10-team plus league, or 12-team plus league, sorry, not 10-team. I fully endorse that for all those exact reasons. He's the better receiver than KJ Hamler as far as versatility goes, so. I mean, Hamler did drop that, I'm all in on that pass. I think he probably catches that nine times out of ten, but and it would have made Hamler's day look like a heck of a lot better. But I still like the snap share percentage. I still like the fact that uh, Tim Patrick showed it last year, as opposed to Hamler, who didn't really do much a whole lot last year. Was effective in spurts, but wasn't really that great. So I'll take the guy that's playing more and already showed that he can be an effective option for you. I love it. My second option here for a lot of people, he could be. He's, he's going a little bit under the radar. Um, I've seen a little bit around on Twitter, so some people might be in on him. He also is probably a top-year waiver wire if you're in a dynasty league. Um, KJ Osborne, he's a wide receiver for Minnesota. Um, the Titans ran a lot of 11 personnel last week against the Bengals. Um, I don't know if this is going to be a, like a continued scheme. It seems like it might be with the loss of the tight ends. It also could have been kind of like a week one fluke, which I'm a little scared of. So like, I'm not going all in on KJ Osborne just because I don't know if Herndon was fully up to speed yet. That's kind of where I'm at. I don't know if that was the case as to why they didn't run 12 as much. Um, but if this is something that continues, he obviously could see five to 10 targets um, a game. I mean, he was right there with Justin Jefferson last week. Um, not that he's Justin Jefferson good, but he saw that same amount of target share in that game um, as a third option in that offense. It could be passing a decent amount. It looked like they were in this game. So I like him. I think it could be a little sneaky. Um, like I said, though, buyer beware with this one, because 
it could just be because Herndon wasn't up to speed yet. So, but I like it. I think it's a decent, if you're in a deeper league, a decent ad. So I added, I put a bid in for him in quite a few of my dynasty teams and I knew I could drop a receiver. Uh, so I, I, I like the ad here. He was one of the guys that I thought about mentioning here. Uh, so I'm, I completely agree with you. I wouldn't, like you said, I wouldn't go all in on him, but I would, I would definitely be at least putting a claim in to see if you're able to get them and see what happens. I really like your next one. Hit me. I'm surprised though that he, I really, I'm surprised that he's on a waiver wire. I mean, you gotta be, it's gotta be redraft, but. Oh yeah, for sure. This is, this is more of a redraft thing, but uh, I'm actually kind of surprised that you like him. I I feel like he was going to be a guy that you might kind of fight me on, but uh, Sterling Shepard. New York Giants, obviously. I know a lot of people are tired of the headache that kind of comes with Shepard. I know he's been hurt off and on throughout his career. He's never really been able to stay on the field. But he's always been super talented when he's able to stay healthy. Week one, led the team in snaps with 58, which was a 91% snap share. Galladay was next closest with 52 and 85% respectively. Uh, Shepard led the team in snaps, receptions, yards, targets, and he had the only Giants touchdown on the day. Uh, looks like Shepard picked up right where he left off from last year. If anybody's keeping track from last year, he averaged over 28 PPR points per game in the last two games. And he put up another 20-plus point game on Sunday. So I think he's an ad, even in 10-team redraft leagues. I think he's a guy that you can go and get and or at least try to go and get. And if he continues the way he's going, he might be a surprise from of the season so far. I like it. I mean, I think I just like it because I feel like I don't love the fit of Kenny Galladay with Daniel Jones. Um, I don't like the scheme. Like the Daniel Jones doesn't t- necessarily like throw the 50-50 ball. And I feel like Kenny Galladay is a 50-50 guy. Mm-hmm. So I don't love that. I think Sterling Shepard's kind of a sneaky play. He's just always – he's been good, and he's always been good. He just is another guy that's kind of like Debo. You know what I mean? He doesn't necessarily stay healthy. So My only, my only concern here – is that once Barkley gets fully acclimated and healthy, and then yeah, once like a passing volume decrease or something? Yeah, and then Kadarius Tony is still a first round pick. I know not a lot of people like him. I haven't heard too many good things out of camp from him, but you never really know. I don't like him. It's just <laughs> it's just one of those things to keep it. I still think Sterling Shepard's the guy to own in that receiving core. To be honest with you, like I'm, like you said, I'm not a huge fan of Galladay. Uh, I don't think he's going to be worth the money that they invested in him. I think he's worth it if they had a different quarterback. Well, that's that's my mean. take. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think the fit there isn't right. Yeah, you know, like Jones there, that's that's yeah. where it's not worth the money that they invested in him. Because, like you said, he's just not the quarterback that meshes well with Daniel Jones's skill set and his just what, what he does. You know what I mean? Yeah, hopefully he turns out. But. Let's move on to brighter pastures. James O'Shaughnessy. Not going to lie, this sounds bad. I understand. I know. But he saw he was on the field a ton, and he ran a ton of passing routes on a team that the head coach looks like he's lost. He's a little overwhelmed at the moment, and I think the tight end position is a spot that you can basically throw darts and just kind of like, this guy is going to stick. This guy is going to stick. Why can't it be James O'Shaughnessy? Um, it's a high passing volume offense. 
especially because I expect the Jags to be behind a lot this season. So for me, a tight end in some of the leagues, like a league like me that has Mike Gusecki who blanked him in week one, I am putting in waiver claims for James O'Shaughnessy because Mike Gusecki is, yeah. I don't even know who he is anymore. He's gone. I'm just going to cut him just out of spite. I don't even care. That's not going to happen because it's a dynasty league, but I want to. It, it was tempted. I almost hit the button. Drop. Yeah. Drop. Drop. It's be tempting. It was. I didn't. Because I I'm too invested now. I, I need I need him to do something. I don't have any other tight ends. I got like Hayden Hurst. Like, I mean, I could have started him. It would have been better, but. I have I have Gusecki in the FF League Winners Redraft League, and I, I'm debating on – he's basically him, Calvin Ridley, and McLaurin were the reason why I lost that week. Everybody else popped. Those three were the reason why I, I lost did that. win one league somehow. I have no idea how I managed this. I had one. Brandon Ayuk. I, I only won like eight games, and one of the games I won, I had Brandon Ayuk and Russell Gage in my flex spots. Wow. Two zeros, and I won that game. Did you play somebody that forgot to set their lineup, or? No, it was set. I, I don't know how it managed it. I honestly just, I don't know. I don't remember who else is on that roster. So but... did you have, like, Dalvin Cook and Jamal Williams uh, and DeAndre Swift starting? And then... I had Austin Eckler, I think. I think that was the one that I, I did have Austin Eckler in. But it was still only, like, 11 points. Yeah, I was going to say, Eckler didn't really do a whole lot. Here, I'll pull it up for you. Well, you talk about your third. I'll pull it up. Let you know. My my third guy that I would be putting a claim in for is Kenny Gainwell. Eagles running back, rookie. Should have had two touchdowns on Sunday, but had one callback due to penalty. And the fact that they left him in the game around the goal line and he was involved in the passing game, and he saw nine rushes, super encouraging to the start, for the start of the season for a rookie running back who most thought that he would probably start the season behind Boston Scott, but Scott uh, Scott didn't even play a snap, and game most saw 25 snaps. In a, in a running back landscape that we've talked about a bunch that seems to be getting thinner by the week, he could be a solid ad for those looking for running back depth that could pay off, especially if Sanders were to miss time. I feel like they – he fits that offense really well. I feel like they trust him. Obviously, with him being in around the goal line, he did ha- his one touch that he did have was a short plunge into the end zone. So, if you need that running back depth, you have some injuries and things like that. Like I said, you missed out on Elijah Mitchell, uh, missed out on some of these other guys. Kenny Gamewell might be a guy that is kind of just sliding under the radar for people. And you might be able to get him as a free ad after waiver clear tomorrow or Thursday or whatever your waiver thing. I don't know what just happened there, but I hardly heard you. Really? Yeah, it was all weird, and you sounded like you were speaking a weird, different language. But anyways, so I had Josh Allen. See, now we can hear you. See, the mic's too far away. See, you should have drafted Kenny Gamewell already. I can't sit that close. See, we got to figure something out for you. You got to get like a prop rod or something or like a boom arm or something. We'll have to invest. Anyways. Yeah, see, like now we can hear you. That sounds much better. We're gonna, we'll are we figure something out. Don't worry. Anyways, I had Josh Allen, Austin Eckler, Damian Harris. Not great. It, this is where it got great. I had Cooper, 
Cooks, Corey Davis, TJ Hawkinson, Cole Beasley. That explains it. Why did you say Harris wasn't great? Harris had over 100 yards. Yeah, it was only 11 points, though. So he didn't score a show. Yeah, still fucked with. Yeah. But see, like, this is a crazy matchup, though. Because, like, he had Mahomes, Carson, Gibson, Godwin, Higgins, AJ, or Antonio Brown. See, though, Justin Jefferson, Galladay, Hines. But what burned him was our boy, Mikey, Kaseki, Goose Egg, and then Matt Ryan's pitiful 160 yards passing. I was going to say he had 160. I thought they said that they only had 136 on that. I'd be so mad if I started that lineup and I still lost. He had Jared Goff on the bench too to make it worse. Oof. I know. Right? I mean, just reasonable sit. I w- I wouldn't have started Goff either. So yeah, over Matt Ryan in the matchups, I agree. I would have did the same thing. No one saw Gasecki coming, so no blames there for him. I also. So, I'm just gonna throw this in there as well. Uh, Mark Ingram would also be on this list if. I could trust that he would get a guaranteed workload every game. He, him getting 26 carries again in a, in a game this season are pretty slim, if you ask me. And I still think he's a touchdown dependent type of play until we see more evidence that he's going to be involved every week. So he was another guy that I thought about. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, mm, I'll just toss it in there as like an extra thing. Yeah, just I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence with him. I, he's available in some of my leagues. Some of my dynasty leagues, people grabbed him earlier in the offseason. Um, I still feel like it's got to be filled. I think I feel like they're going to play the hot hand. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so I'm not 20, willing. Six carries. I don't. I know. I don't Did know. Even see that much volume in New Orleans or in Baltimore? Did he even ever see that high of a carry count? I think in uh, Baltimore he did like that first year when he was like an RB ten. Like the first year he came over, like, I really with Lamar, twenty six carries just seems like it. That's like a Derrick Henry two hundred yard he, game. He or, can't continue that. It's not going to. Oh happen. no, absolutely not. Gonna. There's no way. But I'm just saying, if he does see twelve to fifteen carries a game, he's still viable. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think all three of them scored a touchdown, didn't they? Uh, probably, I don't. I am not. 100% sure. <laughs> I mean, really, probably. all of them turned out to be pretty decent fantasy plays this week. They Stadium all scored almost ten points. I'm pretty sure the three running backs scored a touchdown. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right, all right, Ryan. Why don't you, real quick, we'll give one person that you're not worried about. No real explanation needed. That you're not really worried about. Maybe a quick one if you want, and then one you are worried about, and then. After you do that, let us know where they can find you and if you got anything coming up. Not worried about Najee Harris. Played every snap, played tough Buffalo defense, game you one. Be worried. I, I don't I don't think I should be. I, the fact I really just wanted to say that. Okay, now you can just all right, no, we're good. <laughs> the, just the fact that he played every snap. I mean, he's gonna he's clearly gonna see the volume. I think it was just more of a great game script and how the Steelers want to attack. Buffalo's defense with those quick hitting routes, the receivers. Uh, I'm not worried about him. I am a little bit worried about Mike Evans. Uh, from 14 to 19, only or saw nine targets a game last year, dropped to seven. And Thursday against the Cowboys, he was second 
had the second most snaps, but he only saw a 12% target share, fifth on the team in targets and catches, fourth in yards. He was almost 100 yards less than the next closest receiver besides Gronk, which was Godwin. And it could have been based off based off the game plan they were using, but it's something that I'm definitely going to be monitoring for the next couple of weeks to see what exactly is happening with them. But you can find me on Twitter at Mackie underscore FFB. Uh, League Winners has yet to post my article that I wrote for them, but I have an article coming from them. I'm going to have a week two sleeper. already hit on week one Antonio Brown. So hopefully to make it two for two with that. Like uh, drop. But yeah, uh, DMs, interactions on Twitter are always welcome. Anything, anything you can think of, just feel free to ask. Send away. And Ryan forgot to mention, we will be live on Sunday again, probably 9, 9.30, and we'll roll till about 11, 11.30. Hopefully this week we're a little bit a little bit more spot on. Uh, we got- last week, I think we got a little too hyped with Elijah Moore. Yeah, I do apologize. You know, kind of missed on that one. Uh, <laughs> it think, it caused me to lose about fifteen leagues too. So don't feel bad. You're I not think alone. From now on, <laughs> I'm just gonna say instead of saying a guy, if you're looking for a home run threat, put him in. If you're looking for a safe bet, put him in. I'm just gonna say put the home run guy in. Tyler Lockett was unbelievable. I did and not see that coming. That I, was I, crazy. I, I, how could you? How could you possibly see that coming? Because I that know. defense with DK Metcalf, you knew mm. they wanted to run the ball more, and he's and it's usually his pop off game isn't that early. You yeah. got a couple of weeks until he blows up, but no. And that's the thing; it's he he was unbelievable. I mean, I can't can't argue with it. I'm sorry for anybody we said to have bench. It's our locket. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we told a couple people. In, in our defense, <laughs> in our defense, we did not say absolutely 1,000 percent bench him. We did say that if he. Like if you needed a big game to start him, and he got 100 yards off four targets or five targets, he's not going to do that. Like he'll probably do that once or twice the rest of the season because that's just what he does and just what he is. But yeah, I'm. Uh, <laughs> Either way, come join us if you want to send in your roster earlier. We can kind of make a we're making if you watched the show or didn't catch it. Um, it is on YouTube. Uh, we kind of have like a little graphics that we can make and kind of walk it through and show you your team on the screen and then kind of what we want to do move them around or whatnot um and then if you want to pop in with the uh comments or questions again uh feel free we'll be on twitter and youtube um you can find any of my writing at the sports gambling podcast network and at yards per um thursday i should have a start start sit article dropping and then I'll have, like I said, stuff coming out at Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Um, you can also check Twitter. Usually have some threads of some sort, whether it's strength of schedule, star sit stuff. Um, other than that, catch you guys hopefully Sunday. Hopefully everybody tunes in. If not, we'll see you guys next Tuesday.